Oh, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Crowcast brought to you, <laughs> the weekend wrap brought to you by Crowcast. <laughs> it's all just Christ a bit, that. it's all a bit rushed, you know, after this <laughs> bloody late finish. I hate Sunday afternoon games. Uh, joining me, obviously, is Macca. How are you going, Mac? Oh, disappointed, but uh, at least proud of their efforts, anyhow. Yes, indeed. And uh, Nikki, how are you? I'm doing quite well. Um, you only hate Sunday afternoon games because they impede in your nap times. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the okay. first demerit point. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd get up and go early. <laughs> Um, yeah, great. <laughs> Welcome to everyone on the Spreaker chat. Uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, hopefully we'll get through it tonight all right. Um, uh, let's hook straight into uh, some scores, shall we? What a weird round of football we had. Um, I don't know what to make of it. Do you guys? Um, well, let's talk about it. We'll make it as we go along. We'll make it up, one of the two. Oh, it was just no, really... I, I, th- I think it was... Yeah, it was the whole thing of just... It, it basically showed that the 666, what a debacle it is. I don't Why know do about that. I don't know about that. No, because the, those smashings were not what the AFL wants. Oh, what's that to got to say? do with six six six? Because when you're getting beaten by that much, you like to, you know, you can kind of put that loose man, get the game back on your turn. You can still do that. Do that. They, well, you still can. Smashed. You still can. You just can't do it at the bounce. You yeah, still the, do otherwise, it. Nicky, the, the alternative is to have so many play, people clogging up the back lines like uh, some coaches used to like in the past. And um, quite frankly, I don't blame the six six six. But what it does the six 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 does do it does it it does make it difficult when a team gets on a roll to stop it. That's the one thing. Yeah. Um, next year they're going to bring in runners. Um, uh, a uh, not total, they can't go just whenever they like, but a certain number of times they'll be able to run onto the ground per quarter. And uh, I think they'll devise ways around that. But um, at the moment, I think, well, I'm with Dean, I, I think it's not the 666, it's, it's no. the, the teams that don't adjust to it. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, <laughs> did you get a knock to the head, Nick? No. <laughs> I no, just have a just feeling it's. I just have a feeling it's going to be one of those. <laughs> oh, I think it I'm is. Just, it's eight o'clock. I've got my cup of tea. I'm just feel like being a bit of a shit. <laughs> well, it's working. Hey, all right. Let's get into some scores, shall we? Let's get into some scores. Uh, Friday night, um, um, the first surprising I, result: Hawthorne thirteen goals, seven eighty-five. 
obliterating the Giants full <laughs> goal 529. I'm 56 points. No, I'm just saying we're hey, getting got the game being played back. What's working? All right, let's get into some scores, shall we? Can we just talk about the game? Hawthorne beat the Giants in scores. Friday night, the first surprising result. Obliterating the Giants. Mac, it just talk. I don't know what Nicky's on about. I'm not Ten minutes. Come on, dude. Just talk. Hawthorne beat Hawthorne beat the Giants. What's working? For some reason, we got a delay repeat. We just talk about the game. Hawthorne beat. I have no idea what's going on. The first surprising result. Nothing. How's that better? Yes. You had, there we go. You had looping audio. Ah, there we go. <laughs> right. you go oh, oh, relax, man. Don't worry about it. I was it. trying to tell you guys, and all I could hear was uh, Macca, and I thought, is Macca playing it in the background? All right, come on. Oh. Yeah, well, that, the first game we had, that was the GWS <laughs> versus Bulls, and that's when you were, were starting to talk about me. And... Uh, what a, it was a fiasco from go to way that was. Um, <laughs> played in snow for the first time ever. Uh, I know. How was that? How was that? Well, it's a brilliant piece of scheduling by the AFL to put a match in Canberra in the middle of winter, late at night. And, uh, you know, sometimes you do wonder about the mentality of the people there. Uh, <laughs> do you? Uh, no, seriously. Do you really yes. wonder about it or does it just confirm what you reckon already? <laughs> well, you said it, Fiend. Yeah. You're 100 percent right. And uh, it was a terrible game to watch. Uh, GWS, they had four of their best five midfielders missing. They had two of their key forwards missing, and and they had their spirit missing. They it was a very, very ordinary effort. Clarkson, as usual, he had psyched people to think that don't worry about the cold. He trained without a shirt on apparently on the the, the last training run, and uh, he comes out after the game in a t-shirt and shorts. So. Psyche's players don't worry about the cold because apparently it was uh, while it was zero, it felt like minus uh, six, and uh, well, it was a shit-ass game for a Friday night. <laughs> right, uh, moving right along. Uh, on Saturday, we had uh, Collingwood predictably getting up over the D's. Collingwood, uh, Collingwood ten goals ten seventy to Melbourne seven goals eleven fifty three. There a margin of seventeen points. Yep, didn't really see much of that game at all because I chose to watch uh, our uh, at the other side of town play against Sydney. Watch that game instead. So, but anyhow, Collingwood predictably, as you said, probably not by as much as they probably should have, but <clears throat> they they won. Yep, Nick, are you still with us? Or are you just like? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're good. I didn't watch those games. As long as you're happy. I, I was watching our A grade team right. win. The, the power getting up and getting into eighth spot, 15 goals, 13, 103 to Sydney. Um, after being with them for a little while there, seven goals, 14, 56. Convincing win by the Port Power, 47 points, and it lifts them up on percentage as well. Hate to say it, but I said it and I had to say that again last week. Uh, they're playing good footy at the moment. And uh, Connor Rosie starred best on ground. Okay, he's in incredible at that player. What is he what is he gonna end up being? He's gonna be so good. Oh yeah. Um it's just so good. And um Sydney uh they're rebuilding while they're playing and uh 
well, there's only way you can do it, I suppose. But um, but they are rebuilding. Then they'll be a force again in the future. But at the moment, uh, well, you, you port in port they are also rebuilding too. But they're doing a lot better job of it. Um, but uh, port far too good. They play good footy. Yeah, they did play good footy, um, and you can't deny them at the moment. Uh, they're playing with a lot of uh, vigour and enthusiasm, and they're getting the job done. Uh, speaking of getting the job done, <laughs> Brisbane Lions just going from strength to strength. 91-point victors over the Gold Coast Suns. Brisbane, 12, 22 goals, 12, 144, two Gold Coast, eight goals, 553. And uh, Brisbane just marching along into top two there. Started watching it, Steve, and fell asleep during about <laughs> one and a half. Because you're a very, story. very old man. Uh, no, I was very, very bored watching <laughs> and my recline is very comfortable. I just nodded off. I mean, basically all that I'm interested in out of that match is the game next week between Geelong and Brisbane. Yep, it's going to be a belter. But uh, we're talking about this week, Nick, so thanks for your input. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, dearie me. No, no, poor Charlie. I mean, he had a chance. He kicked, like, what is it, six goals going into the last quarter and then no more. It's like, oh, come on, Charles. I he had a chance for 10. I think he, he was playing right. so well. He did all right. Um, yeah. The Bombers are going down horrendously, horrendously to the Bulldogs. Bulldogs kicked the last... Yeah. What did they kick? So, how um, many goals straight did they kick? Well, wasn't it she'll kick she'll kick the first goal of the game? Was it sixteen or eighteen? It was either no, one. No, I think two. I think yeah. they kicked their twenty-one goals in a row, because didn't Essendon kick the last couple? Uh, I think you're right, actually. I think they kicked twenty-one in a row in a row. Well, Just it was a massive ridiculous. number. I, I started watching that game and it was so one-sided, but uh, I switched across uh, to Geelong, uh, North Melbourne, and. Saw Geelong getting a lovely handout from the Ups um, in what was uh, originally a very tight game and which was broken by some ridiculous why, decisions. Why are, you, why are you talking about the Geelong game? You're a bunch of bloody idiots, a pair of you. We're talking about the Bulldogs Essendon. Well, I can only comment on the, about, about a, half a quarter to a quarter because I could see this and it had not turned up mentally. And uh, But the Bulldogs had turned up and they were really... Uh, with their midfielder McRae, uh, Dunkley, Pontepelli, just slaughtering them, absolutely oh, slaughtering yeah. them. And, uh, but what, zero, zero resistance, basically, very poor. Not, not something you expect. Co- just to confirm for you that, yes, it was the last couple of goals were the ones kicked by Essendon and it was the 21 goals yep. in between kicked by the Bulldogs. Yeah. Just yeah. insane. Yeah, at least someone's on the ball here tonight. Um Speaking of Geelong, uh, nine goals, fifteen sixty-nine. Uh, unconvincing until you read North score of one goal, eight fourteen. Uh, margin of fifty-five points, and uh, one of the lads for Geelong actually outscored North himself. <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting game early, in the sense that at uh, just before half time, it was pretty well only a couple of points in it. Um, there was a. Should have been a free to Zebel right in front of goal where Geelong Parr just ran straight through him and well, when he would have taken a chest mark right in the goal square, uh, not paid, went down the other end, mark paid to Geelong, which wasn't a mark goal. So um, the umpires turned the, the momentum around and after that, after half time, it looked like North Melbourne had given up. No, and, they uh, just went home. 
Narishaw must now know what it's like to be a full-blown coach. They'll let you down. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Nothing surer. Nothing surer. Poor old Reese. And uh, Reese said in, in true junior footy style um, that he didn't care about the score. Didn't care about the score, Reese. Just cared about how they played. I wonder how far that's going to get him. They played shit out. How far is that going to get him, for God's sake? Come on, Reese, you're better than that. Um, what have we got on Sunday? We had uh, the Saints getting up over the Dockers in a close one. 10 goals, 12. The Saints, 72. To the Dockers, 10 goals, 969. They're a margin of three points in the end. Yep. One of the best games around to watch, actually. Uh, Fife was outstanding in this uh, in this particular game. Um, and um, Stevens, who hadn't played, who's had mental troubles and... Uh, uh, well, he hasn't been totally uh, comfortable playing footy this year, and I think he's made two comebacks, and this was uh, the second of them. Yeah. And uh, he uh, he was actually the difference in winning the game. He kicked uh, the vital goals at the vital time, and St Kilda, who uh, looked like losing the game after leading for most of it, uh, with, the, with only two or three minutes to go, got up and got those last two goals in that period and won the game, and... Uh, was a highly entertaining game and it was very great pressure, very even, and it's one of those games either side could have won, but this time it was, it was the Saints. Just about yeah. it for the Dockers, isn't it? They're done. They're, yeah. they're out of any running. Uh, Say Kilda have a still have a rough chance of making the eight. Yep. And it was, I, I thought Ratten actually coached brilliantly regarding Stevens because he just said. I'm only going to play you up forward. We're only going to play you in bits because your conditioning isn't up to scratch. But just get out there and have some fun. And he said before the games, if he said, if Jack Stevens kicks three goals, we win the game. He kicked three goals, they won the game. Won the game. Amazing. Spot on. Uh, Tigers getting up, doing us a favour, getting up over Carlton, 11 goals, 7.73 to Carlton, 6 goals, 9.45. A margin there of 28 points, keeping Carlton in, what, 16th? Yes. <laughs> I think they described it as one of the worst games of the round. Well, it, it was, well, you know, I think the first one was, um, and then Essendon was uh, another good match for it as well. But this one, Richmond, uh, I, it, it's almost like they didn't take Carlton seriously. They, they, they just kept messing around and they were too good and... Uh, it was, it was wet conditions. It was it wasn't skillful football. It wasn't a great spectacle, and I wasn't overly interested in the game. And I, and I'd say that uh, um, that's one less that Carlton can win. We just got to knock off another two now. <laughs> I, I got to say good day to uh, Paul Wood, who's joined us on Facebook, and uh, says loves the show. Listen every single week and enjoys it better than five double A and triple M. Well. I should hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but we do this for free. Right. Right. Thanks, Paul. Uh, enjoy the compliments. Thanks very much. Uh, look, so that's uh, all very interesting. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Can we get back into it from here or is are we done now? It's no. our, well, the features in our own hand. We win the next two. Um, I, well, I'm pretty sure yesterday aren't going to win too many more. And, uh, well, it's so hard to predict. I, I think, well, it is, it's almost impossible to predict, Fane. And uh, I, all I can say is if we won our next two, I would be confident that we would make the eight. 
Um, no, Ben Davidson is, I think, done the little calculator thing. So it all boils down to whether the Bulldogs beat GWS or not. Um, now, if if they do beat GWS, then no, we can't. But if they don't, if we beat Collingwood, which the way Collingwood are going is a possibility, um, and even if we lose, I think it's by up to six goals he had, we can actually still get into eight, eighth, which is ridiculous. Yeah, funny old funny thing. Aren't we on the same number of wins as the Bulldogs at the moment? Well, let's go through that uh, right now, we, shall we? We end up playing Bulldogs in the last game. So one, yeah, we one, do, so we might have got it wrong. Uh, am I talking to myself? Uh, right, let's go through I'm the ladder. <laughs> I was so tempted to just go, yes. Oh, Jesus, what a night. Uh, so the ladder, uh, Geelong still on top with 60 points and 134%. Uh, Brisbane comfortably now in second on 121 and West Coast also on 60 on 117. So uh, West Coast still a little bit vulnerable to Richmond who sit in fourth on 56 points a game behind on 112%. Uh, Collingwood a further match back uh, and then Giants a further match back from that. Now, <clears throat> my reckoning is that both Essendon and Port, who are seven and eighth, Essendon on forty-four points and Port on forty, could both miss the finals. Um, uh, by my reckoning, and Adelaide and the Bulldogs could both get in, uh, depending on results. But at the moment, it's Essendon on forty-four points, Port in the eight on forty points and one hundred and nine percent. Adelaide just out on 107.5. The Bulldogs further back on 102.2. Then Hawthorne a game back. And I don't... The, I mean, Hawthorne is still mathematically a chance. So a free so is St Kilda, I think. Uh, on 36 points, but terrible percentage, those other two. Uh, North on 32. Sydney on 24, along with Carlton. And we need Sydney just to jag one more, please. Just yes, for a draft pick, if you don't mind. Hoping and hoping. If you don't mind, uh, it'd be nice to, for Carlton not to win another one, and Melbourne just to squeak one in and get some percentage. Anyway, Melbourne on six on seventeenth uh, place with twenty points, and obviously the Gold Coast Suns sitting last, stone motherless last with sixty two point eight, which is possibly the worst percentage I've ever seen. It's not too good, is it? <laughs> It's, and, and it's a fair, fair reflection of how they've played for the year. It's bloody horrible. It really is. I don't know how they can cope with themselves. Anyway, let's get on with the match review, shall we? Well, it was some sort of game. I, it's You don't... Oh, look, you hate losing them. Don't you, Mac? You hate losing them, but I hate losing. But yeah. I tell you, but I tell you what, it was fantastic to see the Crows just just smash in and try the. I, I felt like they tried the guts out. Every player on the ground tried the guts out. Uh, West Coast Absolutely. in the end, uh, thirteen goals, twelve ninety, beating Adelaide by ten points, twelve goals, eight eighty. Um, yeah, your thoughts, Mac? Well, <clears> I thought you know. The one thing you could not accuse them uh, of doing is not trying because I thought every player on the ground basically was had a, had a real crack. And, you know, even Atkins, even Blake, thought you would not normally say have a decent crack. They all had a decent crack. 
we didn't always make, do the right thing with the ball. We didn't always make the right decision. And I think that's one of the things that cost us, along with Sloan's injury. But uh, one thing I have to say is that I was proud of their effort. It's unfortunate that it was wasted on a loss. But if we had used effort like that all through the year, uh, then I have no doubt that we would be sitting uh, quite prettily in the eight and uh, definitely be playing finals because uh, that effort would beat most sides. And that was a very, very good side we were playing today on their own home ground with their own home crowd. So uh, proud of their effort, but unfortunately just a little bit short. Nick? <laughs> They're like, don't say honourable. <laughs> and... and- and that's what's going to be actually pushed in the media this week is they're going to talk about that one as being an honourable loss. But, I mean, it it bloody hurts. I expected us to actually get absolutely smashed. Mm, I think we all did. The, the way that they put in that there was a very obvious game plan from the coaches to try and restrict West Coast, and it, and it worked actually quite well. And that defense of ours, again, just was absolutely getting smashed and smashed and smashed. But they really held up. As Macca said, you're kind of proud of that effort, even though we know there's a lot of other underlying issues and everything else going on. But that was one of the better games we've seen. And where the hell has it been? The the fact that that possibly a finals place is on the line now it's almost too late to do it, even though there is a, a possibility that they pull it out now. It's like, come on. Why I mean, haven't you been able to do that earlier? That if they produce that effort when we lost to teams, for example, like uh, uh, Hawthorne uh, to Carlton, et cetera, et cetera, they, as I said, they'd be comfortably in, in, the, in the eight. But uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't know why it took until this particular game. And is it no coincidence that we had Jacobs actually feeding the midfield with direct taps for a change? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, who'd be a coach, eh? Who'd be a coach? Because where did that effort come from? I mean, I look, no, to be fair, I, I thought we saw uh, decent effort against uh, St Kilda last week. Um, I, I felt like it, it was just hard to rate the game last week because it was St Kilda um, but they certainly brought that level of effort and engagement into this week and I, and I felt apart from one or two small lapses um, that weren't necessarily uh, mental lapses but just as you mentioned with Rory going off and uh, you know little bits and pieces like that um, I, I just felt like they were engaged for the whole match they looked like they had a plan and you know, let's remember that <clears throat> we're playing at Optus, which is the same dimensions as the MCG, which we have traditionally struggled at. Um, and yet I felt we defended the ground, by and large, pretty well. Um, and we used the space well ourselves as well. So, look, I'm not going to say it's an honourable loss because in the end it was a win that we needed to have and we had our opportunities to win and there were a couple of lapses um, defensively and a couple of uh, lapses with disposal uh, towards the end, probably due to fatigue, that in the end probably cost us probably, along with just a touch of class maybe, through the midfield. Would that be a fair comment? Um, perhaps a little bit more uh, depth and physical strength in, in their uh, midfield. They've uh, 
they do have a very talented midfield, but I, I would think I think we've got a pretty talented midfield too. Um, so come on, Macca. No, but I do think like blokes like Yo, just big-bodied midfielders like that, but who've got pace and strength and uh, and also agility as well. They they don't grow on trees. I thought he he was very good at Yo. Well, it was the way that we were structuring that midfield to counteract them. They were having a lot of trouble getting that ball out as easily as they often can. And I actually thought this is one of the better games I've seen Matt play. And Brad was definitely providing a lot more run than what we have. And that really helped. Um, Jacobs, I thought, was really good in the first half. But Hickey figured him out by the second, or Jacob's tired. I, I felt like he tired, actually. Yeah. He looked yeah, tired by that. the end of it. Um, I, it's a real shame that they didn't manage Rob for the Saints game. They could have played Source last week. Yeah. And this is a criticism that I have of the match committee, that they're, they're too conservative. There was an, Like, we've had two fit Ruckman for the last, what, six weeks. We've had an opportunity to manage them both, manage their loads. Um, but what did we do? We run Rob into the ground. And in a match where we could have really done with his work, both in the ruck contest and also around the ground, um, we were left with Source coming up first up, first up on a big ground. And, uh, you know, you can forgive him for, for being buggered in the second half because he should yeah. have been buggered. And to me, again, that's down to selection and... Just a lack of imagination and, and sound list management by our coaching staff. Well, the, the, the fact that last week the SNFL had a bye was the perfect time to rest Rob. So whilst they did the right thing and Rob didn't play in the SNFL, they actually did rest him. Um, it sh- you're right, it should have been done last week. The signs were there the week before that he was tiring off a bit in the, the second half of games and we know he's got a great tank. Um but, yeah, it was the height of stupidity to do it for this game when it should have been last week, which then would have got some match fitness at AFL level into Source if they actually wanted to give him two weeks rest if he needed it. Yeah. And then you could have played Source in this game and he would have had that little bit more of that AFL match fitness because he I would have already played a game. I hate to say it, I think you're right, Nicky. You know, it would have had a bit more of a base on him. Uh Playing at this level because although he's been playing well in the uh, sample, that's a it's a big jump uh, to the level that he played today and the tempo and the tempo that it's played at. Yeah. Having said that, Source, um, I don't know what the final stats were, but I know that I, I did hear that at half time, um, hit outs to advantage, he was leading nine three at half time. So um, he was very effective in the, in the ruck. He took a couple of good marks around the ground as well. And five um, double A was saying, and I think, I think they were a bit harsh on Rob, but they were saying that we really sometimes apply a short with Rob because we, when he makes takes a mark, because he has to handle it because he's, he's no good as a. Oh, kick. that's a lot of rubbish! God, they're that bad. Is a lo- that's an absolute load of rubbish. No, you, you obviously heard that too, Nicky. And I, I thought that that's- was very harsh. Actually. That's why Paul Wood listens to us and not to bloody five double A because that's the biggest <laughs> crock of shit I've ever heard. Like I've yeah, seen, I've seen Rob make a lot of foot passes. I mean, yes, he's a bit shaky still in front of goal, but I don't reckon he's too bad by foot in general field play, and I'd, that's ridiculous. 
Yeah, it just shows they actually don't watch oh, that, the games. They're really. just generic rubbish. You know, they just talk generic generic rubbish. Anyway, um, look, let's go through some stats um, because I've agreed with everything that you guys have said pretty much so far. So let's see what we can see here. Uh, we had more disposals, which probably passes the eye test considering we were trying to keep possession as much as possible. Uh, 229 kicks to 224, 157 handballs to 134. Uh, I felt like we were trying to use the corridor a little bit more at times. That was our objective, Fane. Um, and when we had the ball in defence, we were trying to get them to go, when they set up their zone, we were trying to get, move their zone to one side, then go back to the other side and then back to the centre. That's what we were trying to do. Yeah. And uh, didn't always uh, achieve it. In fact, didn't achieve it that often no. um, and made a couple of errors when we did do it but the uh, idea was right and yep. uh, yeah uh, look and I felt again uh, as I said before I felt like we spread wide really well I I, I didn't feel we spread quickly enough but I, I did feel really? that we used the the width of the ground to our advantage uh, at times uh, and it was probably more our disposal and our decision making that let us down more yeah. than anything else um, look Marks were even, 108 apiece. Uh, tackles pretty much even, 61 to 62. Uh, we won hit-outs 39 to 30, although, as you pointed out, um, uh, Hickey probably got on top in the second half and took a couple of telling grabs as well. Um, freeze? I don't know how this happens, but 24 to 14, uh, 20 to 14 in our favour? <laughs> how does that happen in Western oh, Australia? Yeah. Bloody hell. Um, look, 30, uh, 35 to 34 clearances, uh, 53, uh, sorry, 28 to 49 rebound 50s our way, which just shows you we, we absorb so much through our half back line. Um, you know, we, we, we did zone back Nikki, uh, despite the 666 in play. Uh, we did sit back behind the ball. We did absorb a lot of pressure. I thought our defence, and we'll get to individuals shortly, but I, I felt our defence was magnificent. Um, yep. And to score um, what we did from 41 inside 50s uh, and keep them to what they did from 63 inside 50s uh, was yep. a testament to our defence, um, really. Um, so, look, you know, uh, I felt like we, we worked hard around... and got our fair share around the coalface. I didn't feel like um, we were beaten. I mean, it was bloody tough going in, in, in and under there, wasn't it? And you oh, could, you could actually tough. When, when the game ended, West Coast kind of collapsed. Oh, yeah, there was no time, jubilation. Was the thing. There was no jubilation. That was a bloody hard-fought game. Yeah, yeah. They, they were all cooked and uh, they all knew that they'd had a game of footy and they'll all know about it tomorrow, I reckon. Uh, let's look a little bit further. 135 contested possessions to 145, so down by 10. Uh, not surprisingly, 248 uncontested possessions to 221 our way. Um, our disposal efficiency, surprisingly, was very good, 76 to 72.9. I just felt like there were times where, and there was one in particular, Matt going into the the forward line when we had momentum when was that yeah. at the end of the third quarter or that sometime end of the third quarter i think it was and all he had to do was just hit someone and he mongreled the damn thing it was just terrible yeah, i remember it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um 
Rebound 50s, as I mentioned, 49 to 28 our way. Um, yeah, look, that's really about... I mean, it's a very, very even game. Um, but again, and, and this is a surprising stat because I felt like we applied more pressure in our forward half in the second half, but we only had five tackles inside 50 again. Uh, West Coast had 19. That's a telling um, stat in a the, tough game. Yeah, I remember them... I can't remember if it was the second or third, because I think, I think it was the second, and towards uh, half-time that they said that was our first tackle inside our forward 50. Yeah. And, uh, and that that's pretty poor. And I think that's... If we go right through our whole season, that's been one of our weaknesses. Yep, yeah, it has been. And, I, again, I think it's a flaw in playing Lachlan Murphy. Um, I think Lachlan Murphy gives the impression that he's a busy little beaver and applying lots of pressure, but I don't think he's actually very effective. And we notice that as he, this, oh, he still ends up having to play as a bit of a lead-up or a hit-up forward, and he had... Um, McGovern on him at times. Um, and he was actually, most of the time, he was actually very good at getting McGovern out of the play. Yeah, I know, but we need um, someone to take a bloody which mark. Which is what they were trying to do. No, yeah. no, no. They kept kicking it to him. And, like, if he wanted to get McGovern out of the play, he shouldn't have been leading up the line. He should have been leading to the other side of the ground. Um, the simple fact is that he's the wrong player in that spot. And I don't think we get enough value defensively from Lockie. And I th- it's a, it's a, Position on the field, I think we really need to think about because I, I think we're being fooled by someone who's very energetic and and tries very very hard, but at the end of the day, he's a small forward. He shouldn't be playing that role. I don't think. You would say that Knight had more of an impact than what he did playing the yeah. small forward role in in that defensively. You mean? Yeah, and but then he was able. I think. Um, he was a lot more offensive in terms of his delivery. Knights just that little bit better, and he's a bit and he's a smarter footballer. Oh. Uh, but there were a couple of times that Knight was coming up and and stopping their run. You saw him do that and actually working that hard into their defence, uh, into their forward area to then run back. You didn't kind of get that from Murph. Yeah. Uh, look, to be honest with you, I'd, I'd rather they played Ben Davis in Murphy's role. I think it would give us uh, a few more options. I know Ben yeah. probably isn't defensively as solid as Lockie, but if we say it every week and then you look at Lockie's numbers defensively and they don't, they don't stack up, so we're not getting anything out of him at the moment anyway. Um, you know, Ben Davis or... <laughs> like I made the suggestion last Tuesday, you could even go really tall and play Himmelberg. Um, but I don't think Lockie's the answer. I really don't. Um, I think next season, you know, it'll probably be um, is it McHenry um, who's had the back trouble. Um, yeah, but he's not going to. He's say, the same guy. It's not that. That's not his position. Well, yeah, I, I, my understanding is he's a half forward flanker that uh, does put a lot of pressure on. Him. Yeah, but the thing is, Mac, what's happening is that we end up kicking it to that bloke. We kicked it to Lockie. <laughs> we we kicked it to Lockie yeah. Murphy three or four times. That is the weakness. I do agree. You know, and we're not getting enough. Def- I I would rather have Lockie deeper if we're going to play him. I'd rather have Lockie deeper and play yeah. a medium size forward in that role rather than Lockie. Um, 
because we're, we're sort of we're not getting anything defensively out of him because he's he's too far up the ground, and we're not getting anything in transition from him because he's too short. So you know he was terribly mismatched today. Uh, as I said, I'm McGovern quite regularly, and it's just I mean he tries incredibly hard. I got no problem with that, but I don't. I just don't think he's the right person in the right spot. Uh, anyway, let's have a look at some individuals, shall we? Because it was a pretty solid game a game by a lot of players. And Matt Crouch, uh, I agree with you, Nick, probably one of his better games, um, certainly in terms of work rate. Uh, 23 kicks, 20 handballs for 43 touches, if you don't mind. Uh, eight marks. Uh, four... <coughs> Jesus, there's a mute button, you know. <laughs> Bless you. Sorry. There's a mute button. You just spray it all over my ear. Uh, Apologies. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, if there's anyone on the chat, Donkey, I might have to call you up in a minute. If there's <laughs> anyone on the chat that would like to be in the on the Crowcast in 2020, for God's sakes, save me from these people, can you, please? <laughs> four tackles, uh, seven inside 50s, nine clearances, four rebound 50s for Matty. Um, he had 18 contested possessions at nearly 70% disposal efficiency. Um, six score involvements. Uh, quite significantly, we got value from Matt. He, 543 metres yeah. gained. Um, and I know he had a lot of touches, but he's normally around about the 250. So he was far more decisive with his disposal. He was far more damaging uh, when he could kick it properly. Um, and I felt like we got really good value out of him. And uh, by the length of the Flemington straight, best on ground, in my, for my opinion. Yeah. No, he was easily best on ground. I think you. There's one word you used in there, which was the absolute nail on the head for his game today, and it was value. That's what we got. Out of him. Yes, uh, you, you did point out. There's one that he stuffed up, but overall, he was making some really good decisions, and he was trying to be so proactive um, and so attacking and creative, Nicky. Yeah, and we don't get to see that that often, and it's nice to see that happening. Well, so for I've, me, yeah, he he was best yeah. on ground. It's the first game I've seen him for a while, and we saw a bit of it la- again last week. We saw a little bit of it, um, that distributor role, again, that Tom Mitchell sort of role, uh, it just directing play by foot um, that I really enjoyed. Uh, when Matt was at his best uh, in 2017, that's what we were getting from him. Um, yep. And it's good yep. to see us starting to get... Conversely, and I know this is going to be controversial, conversely, I <laughs> thought Brad was quite wasteful um, and panicky. He had 35 touches, 17 and 18, um, kicked a goal, had six tackles. He was very good in close, uh, five inside 50s. Um, he had six clearances, um, 15 contested possessions, but again, that disposal efficiency, 629 uh, it hurts him. Nine score involvements, 471 metres gained, but eight turnovers. Um, And not only the eight turnovers, but a number of disposals again to flat-footed blokes under pressure. Um, And it's it's something that he's going to have to work through because at the moment he doesn't seem to have that extra moment that Matt does. Well, I think that's a fair comment, actually. Um, I thought his work rate was excellent. the efficiency rate speaks for itself. Um, and you're right, Pete, he doesn't seem... I don't know why it is, because I think he's a faster runner than Matt, but Matt somehow seems to get into that 
Darren, mode where he, he creates a, a second or two. Darren Jarman was the slowest bloke going around, and yet he had all the time in the world. It's not about leg speed. It's about speed of thought, Macca. Well, and poise and, and, and what you do with your legs and the way what the yep. opposition think you're doing, etc. You're yep. quite right. And I think, Brad, uh, you should be watching your younger brother because his younger brother does it much better. I did like, though, from Brad's game is that he was trying to be that outside run and he was providing a lot of that. Um, you, you're right that there wasn't as much composure as what we were getting from Matt and he that really does need to be worked on with him. But he kicked that goal when we needed it and that was a, a great goal in that last quarter. Great goal. Uh, but I, I wouldn't give his game... A full tick, there was probably about a half tick because there were some really nice things we saw from him and what we needed from him that he hasn't been delivering this year, which is that outside run. But you're right, Fiend, it's that secondary part of that, which is the delivery, Yeah. which Matt excelled at. Brad didn't quite this game. Yeah. And I've got to say too, um, Nikki and Macca, that First time for a, for a while that I've got both chats actually running on the video stream. I've got the Spreaker chat going and also the Facebook and YouTube chat going. Uh, so they're visible to everyone that's watching the stream. And these dickheads in Spreaker are telling mum jokes. Like, you dress them up, but you can't take them anywhere. The first time I want them to behave <laughs> and they're talking about everyone else's mum. <laughs> oh, dear, they're just trying to get to their 500 comments yeah, once no. again. <laughs> I wonder if they actually listen to us. Like, they just have their own little conversations. <laughs> every every now and again, right. they say something about the footy and, you know, the rest of the time it's just mum jokes. Um, all right. Um, Lady, I thought he was okay. Um, a couple, uh, One really bad blunder that cost yeah. us a goal. Um, Gee, shocker. Yeah, uh, all right. Would you have gone up or would you have stayed down, Mac? Well, if he was going to go up, I thought it, there's only two. I didn't think he was in right, quite the, the right position to mark. I thought a big fister of the ball would have been the thing to do there and but mate, felt it towards the line. I, um, I think he was right going up, but I don't think he would, would ever, was ever going to take the mark. So I think a big fist would have... Would have would have done the trick. He had to kill it. He had to yeah, kill he, it, he didn't had, he? he had to kill the contest. And there was a similar one from Otten um, yeah. earlier in the game where one, he one went from... across in front for the mark and he should have punched it in that yeah. instance. One I mean, it, it's nice that they got the confidence and, and we know that they can mark that. And Lady has done those kind of marks um, <laughs> quite well. We took but, one not yeah, long afterwards. In that, in that instance... It had to be the punch. Yeah. Peter's just asked me if I'm mad or just disappointed. Um, Peter, I, I am just disappointed. I, I, I can't be mad at you guys, but I, I am slightly disappointed. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, aside from that, though, I thought Letty was pretty solid. 15 or 12 for 27. Took eight marks apart from the one that he missed. Uh, three tackles, uh, one inside 50, three rebound 50s. Uh, only the five contested possessions, which surprises me, but went at 85% disposal efficiency so we good got good value from him um some of his some of his like uh 
one percenter type stats are a little bit down at the moment, Lady. But anyway, uh, three score involvements, two eighty meters gained, uh, three intercepts. Not a bad game. I tell you, you know, on the on the thing of intercepts and while we're talking about defence, uh, don't we miss Alex Keith at the moment? Jeez, we miss oh, Alex Keith. Something chronic. We compare if he if he played instead of Hardigan today, I, I believe we would have won. Yeah, or or. In addition to, um, what do we think of Bryce Gibbs? I'm very interested to to hear your guys' thoughts on Bryce. Uh, Eighteen and eight for twenty six, six marks, three tackles, uh, three clearances. Um, I'm seven. laughing in advance because I made a certain comment last week that I think he was too slow. And yeah. as the game wore on, they got back to his speed, and I think the same thing happened again this week. Yeah, seven contested possessions. I was going to say, he did some nice things. Um, but what was his disposal did, efficiency? Oh, you want me to continue now, do you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, just under 70, 69, shut up, Maka, 69%. Uh, yeah, three score involvements, 347 metres gained. Um, continue. <laughs> well, that, I, I think, that, you know, I thought his effort was, was uh, not bad. And I think he's, and this is a tragic thing to say, but he's starting to look like an AFL player. Which means when you pick, when you're giving away two first rounders for him, that's not a very nice thing to have to say. But um, he is, he's not looking like the player that we thought we were buying. He's just looking like a guy trying to hold his pace in the side at the moment. And as I said, uh, I think he struggles with the pace a little bit early. Yeah. And then as they wear, they get tired and they and they come back to his pace. And I thought he was pretty good in in the second half. But I thought uh, he's always. I thought he was. Uh, kicking under pressure quite a bit in the first half. And he, he actually took that step up because he had to spend more time on the ball with, once we lost Sloaney. And I thought he stepped up actually quite well. He did some nice, important little things. I think Vardy Magic actually in the Spreaker chat said it was a solid game. And I, I think that's the term you would use for that game from Bryce. It was solid. I think you, it don't was... Give up two, two round, sorry, you don't give up two first rounds for a solid player, though, do you? No. Well, well no, but, but I think... what we've got at the moment. Do you know what? I think we've got to let that go, Maka, because it is what it is, and he's had a very interrupted season. He's obviously got some off-field issues going on. And you're True. right, you're right. It's not a... It, we didn't pay two first-rounders, by the way. Um, we paid one and, and, a, and a pick swap. Um, yeah. So... Uh, but nonetheless, it's disappointing from that perspective. But when you think about where Bryce is at this year, um, the thing I guess that, that disappoints me is just his, his lack of speed, like you pointed out, Mac. I, I felt he was good inside, um, but gee whiz, he's, he never seemed to get a clear kick and um, always seemed to be under the hammer. So he's certainly lacking a yard. And whether that's lack of training or lack of intensity at training, I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, um, a couple I'll just whiz through. DMAC, I thought, had a really good game, uh, despite him having his usual possession tally. He, he, he's, looked really, <laughs> he's looked really engaged over the last few weeks. Um, and, I, I, you know, whether you'd have him in the team or not is neither here nor there. The fact is he was in the team, and I felt he's, he was uh, certainly not our worst. Oh, no, I'd have D-Mac in the team. And uh, I just had to have a bit of a chuckle with your comment because you can almost book him for 18 possessions <laughs> yeah. before the game starts. <laughs> and, uh, and look, I, he's, he's, I think he's actually playing 
in the last two years, I think he's played some of his best football. And I know he's been lambasted and he's uh, been called everything under the sun. He's been the whipping boy for many, many years. But um, I do think he's probably playing as well as he's ever as he's ever played. Yeah, well, his contract's due, so... <laughs> yes. <laughs> that makes no, you play he's... harder. Yeah, but he's been doing it for two years. Not just he has two years now. One. Yeah. yeah. So no, not, not I think one. He's, last year he's I think been he was only consistent. last year he was only averaging twelve posies. He's ramped it up to a big eighteen now or sixteen probably. Um, but I've liked, I've liked him on the wing, and then he can drop back and he plays that half back role when we need to like rest Smith or Laird. Um, Miller, etc. And you know, okay, yes, he's slight, etc. But he's not going to give up, and he's always no. He certainly put his body in. It, it, yeah. I mean, never, never going to, uh, never going to die wondering. Um, Luke Brown, I thought oh, I'd really, you know what? I'd really like to see him get a run through the middle. Uh, Sixteen and two for eighteen, oh, yeah. five marks, uh, two tackles, two inside fifties. Six rebound 50s, um, four contested, one at 78%. Uh, six score involvements, 433 metres gained. He's in a bit of a rich vein of form and under the radar the last few weeks. He's in excellent nick. And considering, I was just going to say, considering the quality of small forwards and the speed that those players have, we did bloody well to limit their opportunities. And a lot of that does go down to Luke Brown, even though they talk about, oh, yeah, he missed that tackle. But when those players are running at speed like they are, I don't think there's anybody who can stick that tackle. No, come on, Nicky. No, you've got to use arms, not hands, Nicky. Um, and I think that was the weakness there. And uh, But, look, I, I think Feed's on a point there. I wouldn't mind seeing him ever run through the midfield because... He reads the, everything so well. He reads the play so well, uh, and his and his foot skills are excellent. And yeah. uh, I, I think he, I think he could actually. Well, I'd just like to see it happen, just to see how good he would be. Well, he was a junior midfielder, Matt. He was a oh, midfielder well, all through his juniors. Yeah. Uh, he read it at, so well yeah. out at Norwood, I think. Anyway. Yeah, at Norwood, and and people kind of forget that he wasn't the steak knives in the Brad Crouch. No, no, no. No, not at all. We got from GWS. He was quality. He'd been pre-selected by GWS as one of those prime junior talents. And we weren't just after Brad. We were also after Luke. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, he would have been He would have been classed as a first-round draft pick oh, if he'd gone in the draft. Maybe. Um Rory Atkins, 12 and 6 for 18, 5 marks, uh, 4 inside 50s, 4 rebound 50s, uh, 5 contested possessions. He must have found himself in the wrong spot. Uh, 72% disposal <laughs> efficiency, 6 score involvement, 300 metres gained. Uh, just I don't want to say it, but that was actually this. quite a good game from Rat. Well, it, it was. It was. Um, but not enough possession, considering how much uncontested possession we had uh, and how we were trying to move the ball, I don't feel like Rory actually got involved enough. He should have had upwards of 25 touches. I, I will say, I'll give him the credit, that we were very conscious of that outside break 
that they were trying to get that they always do try to get out to their wings. And he was actually working defensively to no. stop that. And was, no, he wasn't. He was at centre bounces. No, at centre bounces he was. And Let's... I actually want to give him a little bit of a tick about that because that's something he normally is shite at. Oh, Nikki, I don't know. Did you watch this game? Can I? Can What's I just? I, I'd just like to have a discussion about the definition of defensive action, because there's one thing to, to <laughs> run to run towards the opposition's goals, and it's another thing to actually make your presence felt. And I felt whilst Rory may well have run in the opposite direction, maybe got disoriented. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but he did not get himself involved defensively. He did not, no. and to say anything other than that is just—it's—it's it's not true. He didn't. He might have been around, he might have been around the place, but he didn't. He didn't do any defensive work whatsoever. He's normally—he's normally a lot further out because his players run in, and they're the ones who gets the ball and then runs it straight down into their forward line. Yeah, yeah, but I reckon he was actually he, coming in. <laughs> yeah, and he—he he was involved a few times, Nick. But that was because I think as Fane said, he got caught in it. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> normally, yeah. He do- normally he does not go in that close on centre bounces. He normally no. stays out wide to be that link out and we invariably lose it and don't use him because his player's gone in and they get the ball, outnumber our mids and run the ball forward. He'd have yeah. probably threatened to hit him and he's running away from him. Yeah, well, he would have been on yeah. gaff, so you know what that's like. Now, Sloaney, uh, it was a massive loss uh, losing... Rory, because he was playing really well, nine and eight for seventeen, uh, six marks, uh, three tackles. Like these are these are these are half game stats, and they beat you know blokes like Richard Douglas, who's a two hundred plus game player. Um, you know, uh, three inside fifties, four clearances. Uh, he had uh, eight contested possessions, went eighty two percent disposal efficiency, uh, f- five score involvements. Uh, just an update uh, from the Adelaide. Uh, website uh, sustained a knock to the eye at the start of the third quarter. Blurred vision pre- prevented a t- return of play, so not concussion. They're not calling it concussion. Uh, he will be assessed in the morning and managed accordingly. So, uh, pretty sort of airy fairy sort of reports, but doesn't mention concussion. So, fingers crossed on that one. I, I think that the loss of Sloan was a game changing loss in the sense that in that particular period when he went off, and in that 10-minute period, that's where the game was lost uh, yeah. immediately after he went off. And because uh, they... Sloan was everywhere and he was doing everything. And as you say, Fiend, those stats, are, a lot of players don't achieve those for a game, let alone a half a game. Yeah, and, exactly right. And the, the courage of the guy, the way he goes in, the way the desperation yeah. he goes in with. And um, we, we didn't have that for the second half. Some yeah. of the players, other players picked up the... the uh, a load a little bit, but you, you just can't make up for missing a bloke like Sloan. And I think that if Sloan had a stayed good, I think we would have won the game. Well, what what I honestly a, feel that. The, the other thing it did, it allowed Elliot Yeo to get, get off the chain. And my yep. God, is he a tough mongrel. But once once there was we were one down in the mids, uh, Yeo, I felt, really targeted um, the Crouch boys, um, Brad in particular. 
um, and really, yep. like, I mean, good on the Crouches, and you know, you, they're not going to take a backward step. But, geez, Never. that Elliot Year, he's a tough nut, and by Christ, he is. Um, he was the, he was going the, in real hard. Toughest, one of the toughest in the in the competition, really. You know, he, he who he reminds me of, Mac. He reminds me of Paul Kelly from Sydney um, back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, but, but bigger and stronger. Yeah, 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 bigger, ver- yeah, bigger version. If he was on the open market, every team would want him. Yep, no oh, doubt. I think player. it's as simple as that. That's that's the quality of player he is. But he, he's such good quality. They use him as a target, and they use him as also as a guy to in, uh, to actually win them games. So uh, he's he's a very very good player, and he was originally used as a defender and uh, converted into a mid. Yeah, great player. Yeah, no, solid. Uh, so big loss, Sloney, and I, I actually think it was instrumental in us uh, losing. I, I think we we covered Rory really well, but what we were getting out of him in the second quarter was a lot of offensive stuff as well. Um, even a, a nice little cameo down the outer wing there, which we haven't seen from Rory for ages, and it's like, oh, no, he was brilliant. up, and, he was up and about. So very bad, bad news, and hopefully he gets up because we're going to need him against Collingwood's midfield next week. Uh, Brody Smith, I thought, was just a bit in and out of the game. Uh, did some good things, but probably not enough. Uh, only the 17 Audrey. touches, uh, five marks, three tackles. Um, um, had to play down back. Yeah, three rebound 50s, um, eight contested possessions, um, four score involvement, 353 metres gained. Uh didn't feel like he got it involved enough for long enough. Yeah, as well, he managed to patchy, and uh, that's being a little bit kind even because I thought that his, contrib- uh, his uh, contribution was almost nil up to half time. Yeah, and he was being they were trying to use him as a midfielder and also as a half forward. Yeah, um, but once he went back, he looked a little bit better, but uh, he didn't have that same rhythm in his game that he would have if he started back all day. And uh, look. I, I don't think he's going to make a midfielder. Um, he's excellent in the back line. I he, think that's probably where he... No, he, he, he will make a midfielder. He will definitely make a midfielder. He, he should uh, have been in the midfield five years ago. Well, that's, that, that is correct. But is it too late, though? No, no, no. He just needs to stop being shuffled around. And there's a few yeah. players in the same boat at the moment. Just play him in the midfield and leave him there. Leave him there through his good games and his bad games. Just have him as a first-choice midfielder. Okay. But certainly, in the first half today, he wasn't quite there. No, he wasn't. Um, of the rest, a uh, special shout-out to Daniel Talia, who played his probably his best game ever on Kennedy because Kennedy yeah. usually towers him up. Um, I don't know whether Kennedy was uh, under the weather or, or what, but let's give Daniel all the credit he no. deserves because uh, excellent game. Uh, 13 touches, eight marks, uh, two tackles, uh, four rebound 50s. Um, went at 92% disposal efficiency, which you'd expect. Um, three score involvement, seven intercept possessions. I just felt like it was the best. Go- Talia is so up and down at the moment. Like it's a massive roller coaster. His form right now. Um, I think he's been quietly effective the last couple. Actually, yeah, for me. Um, he was. Uh, I agree with you. We go. We roll back about three or four weeks ago. But I thought last week he was pretty good. And uh, today, I thought he was our second best player. Uh, Matt Crouch, number one, and he was number two. I thought yeah, I'd go he, just domin- 
he dominated in that back line. And then uh, I can't remember him making too many errors at all. He actually played Kennedy differently, but also because of how we were stopping West Coast and bringing that ball in so quickly. Kennedy couldn't quite get those straight lead-ups like we were actually giving to Fogarty. Talia was come, was not from behind him. He was coming across from the side. He was a lot of the time. So he was actually playing Kennedy differently than how he normally does. That that was helped out by the defensive pressure. Our midfield was putting on in order to do that. And it was very effective. And Kennedy was incredibly frustrated by it. Um, but you're right. It's probably his best game he's ever played on Kennedy, who's the only player who can really who's ever really kicked regular bags on Talia. Yeah, and I reckon that the one goal that Kennedy got, um, Talia had gone uh, briefly on to uh, Darling. Yeah. And uh, the good old Hardo was standing um, Kennedy when he got the goal. Mm, and, no, he uh, wouldn't. Uh, no, he wouldn't. I think he was. No, he wouldn't make her. No, Tali got caught. Tali got caught suck, sucking up to the ball, and, and it came out. Yeah. So, um, look, well, of the rest, better, yeah, I know because you got it in for Hardigan. Not that I thought Hardigan had a great game. Um, I thought he was average, um, but uh, he had a couple of mates. Uh, look, uh, Eddie Betts looked dangerous. Didn't get a lot of the ball, but played quite deep. So. Um, uh, looked lively as I mentioned before. Lockie Murphy gets busy doing not much. Uh, Tex I thought benefited from having the young lad up forward, and and I I fear that he might have actually tweaked that knee because uh, I think in many other games he would have been off after half time. Taylor Walker. Uh, yeah. So watch the injury reports on that one because I reckon yeah, he's tweaked it, that knee. What's it? His knee though, I think. Yep. they said to be. Jamming him down lower on his leg as well. No, nope, was his knee. They no, were chest, testing the stability of it. Oh, uh, and he was pretty ginger on it um, afterwards. He just basically went out there. But let's finish off talking about the young lad, shall we? Let's finish off talking about Darcy oh, yeah. Bloody Fogarty because I hope, Darcy, I, I hope Don Pike was watching because maybe, <laughs> maybe he might have realised that he's got a lad with so much talent, so much natural ability and so much forward sense. Uh, some of the things that he did, the body work that he did, the goal sense, the long kicking, the straight kicking. Um, Breaking a McGovern tackle. Yeah, look. God, for the snap. Jesus. Do, have we just outsmarted ourselves like our selection panel because there's some obvious ones and Darcy Fogarty is just an obvious one, particularly after Mitch McGovern goes and we've got a, a spot there for a third tool. Yep, yep. You know, why do we wait? Why do we wait until we drop Jenkins before we play Darcy Fogarty? He could have very easily been in that third tool and I feel like Darcy's been a victim of our desire to go smaller in our forward line this season and it's probably cost us... I reckon it might have cost us two or three wins and it's probably cost Darcy 30, 35 goals in his second season of AFL football. Yep, and uh, look, as far as I'm concerned, Darcy Fogarty's performance was an absolute indictment on the coach, the coaching staff, the selectors, everybody, because he's been pissed around all year, uh, played in the back lines and the twos. Um, like you said, Fiend, if he'd started off the season... Um, 
in the forward pocket and, um, with Jenkins there. Eventually, Jenkins would have been moved out and uh, Fogg would have taken his place. But um, I, I just think that... To uh, yeah, I, I, me, it made me angry. It made, I was so pleased to see him go so well, but it made me so angry with the club and with the selectors and that, you know, we've been calling out for, for weeks. Weeks yep. we've been saying, drop Jenkins, put Fogarty there. And... Uh, um, you know, Pickley made me absolutely vomit on five double A trying to defend the club for not picking him, whereas Rowie quite rightly was smashing the club for not picking him. And look, at, I think it's been obvious to one and all for week after week after week. But today they they finally put him in there, and he proved that he should have been there. This is a nineteen-year-old kid playing against probably the most mature physical defence in the league, I would say. West Coast, they'd certainly be top three in terms of their size and their physical strength and their aerial ability. And he played as a key forward uh, and Tex was hobbling around in the second half and that kid just beat all comers. It was as simple as that. And, you know, he's not going to have that sort of a game every week, but... Jesus, he's 19. Put him in, play him. He's an absolute standout. I just well, don't work You out. know, as a commentator um, who don't get to see him all the time in the twos or, or know anything much about him, where has he been all this time? And, you know, it's a fair question. Where has well, he been all this time? He's been playing defence in the there. twos. Been playing yep. half-back flank in the twos. Unbelievable. Anyway, look, yeah. it was great to see Darcy play only, well. Only for the very start of the year. Come on, you had about half a dozen games there, Nick. Um, yeah, and then he went up forward. He's been okay up forward. He's only been up forward for right. the last he three or four he, weeks. He should have been playing earlier. It shouldn't have been Jenkins. And the reason he wasn't in earlier in the year was Himmelberg was playing quite well. And quite rightly, Himmelberg got that opportunity. And it's only because he tired. Uh, but next year, I really want to see Himmelberg, Fogg, and Walker. Look, I don't, line. I don't have um, a, I don't have a problem with developing a kid and 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 you know playing him maybe out of position just to teach him a couple of things. But it seems to be a bit of a funny thing with our the way we manage our our SNFL team because we accommodate the old stages at the expense of the youngsters in the twos. So we push out blokes like Gallucci and and Jones from from the midfield when the the senior blokes come in. And rather than develop Darcy in the forward line all season, because he's clearly a forward, there's just just no doubt about it, we stick him down back at the expense of a bloody... Um, a, what's That guy's not even a, uh, in our squad, is he? He's in the development no, squad, isn't he, Nick? it was Hunter, I think it was, that they were playing up. No, it wasn't Hunter, it was another lad. Ah, uh, Strawn. Strawn, yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. Strawn, correct, yeah. Yeah, because Strawn wasn't quite ready to go into the, the ruck and we actually had others. So we had Hunter and um, yeah. Source play the ruck. So we had, to, so we had you, to fit him in somewhere. But the problem so is... Strawn had to play up Yeah. But the problem with oh, that I mean, is it's just it's just poor man sorry Matt, you we're saying the same thing it's just poor management uh, chase jones jordan gallucci darcy fogarty elliot himmelberg uh geordie butts shoal 
uh, McHenry, Hamill. Hamill. They just need to be played in the positions that they are going to be played in at senior level and everyone else can just work around them. And if Bryce Gibbs or Richie Douglas or Sam Jacobs or some other idiot gets dropped from the twos, let them play on a half-forward flank because we don't need to see their their form in key roles. We need to see the kids in key roles. And it's cost Darcy. I, it's I cost actually Trace. need to defend the SNFL team a little bit here. We were The problem we had was we didn't have injuries. We had to play these kids. Now, Strawn probably wouldn't have got games. He would have been in a reserves, reserves team. But, but the fact that we had almost no injuries at the start of the year, we had to play them uh, um, in the side. And he had to play somewhere. We couldn't play him down back because that's, that's very much not his role. And just play he, him as a second rack off the bench. He exactly. was. He was playing off the bench and then going up forward. Um, that's essentially all we were doing with him. Um, and Nicky, and the indefensible part is... Fog- Darcy Fogarty is a first-round pick. He's a first-round pick. Let me finish, please. He actually said that going back in defence has actually helped him a lot. Oh, of course it. Of course to do it. Bickley said that, not him. No, Fogarty actually did. I'd love to see the quote. Um, it's on the, the little clip where he talked about um, after the Saints game. Yeah. There's the aftermatch clip on the club website. He talks about all the help he's had from Tex, but also that bit he had down back at the start of the year, which helped him yeah. in, in figuring out how to get around and the work he's done with Otten yeah. as well oh, as well, that. How, how, how to really annoy defenders, what defenders don't like, and that's what's really helped yeah. him. Well. He would be playing on Otten at training because he's a forward and Otten's a defender. So that's got nothing to do with the twos. Uh, the fact is he's a, tw- he's a number 12 first-round draft pick, uh, an absolute standout, dead set forward, no questions asked, play him up forward. Yeah. End of Carlton story. End of, end of story. No, it's well, Carlton should have played Walsh in the back pocket, you know, get him to learn how to be defensive. Yeah, ex- exactly. Look, you know, we've got Chase Jones, who's probably missed half a season of AFL footy because he's been played everywhere. And don't forget, Nicky, the RSA NFL t- team was winning when these kids were in the middle. When they were in the and spots Darcy, they were supposed to... was playing down back. Yeah, and he was playing terribly. But I'm talking about in general. You know, Chase and Jordan and all that, they were winning yeah. games. So And, and we, yeah... But the, when you were talking about you, you listed a whole lot. The only ones who've kind of been played out of position were Fogarty and Gallucci, McHenry, and Jones in the midfield. But Himmelberg was never been played out of position. He's always been played in the position he has to play in. Oh, so that's um, one. There were some of the others you named, like Hamill and Scholler. All they're playing in the positions they're going to play in the AFL. Buss is playing in the position. The only ones were the midfield, and that's only been happening recently with because we've had to send Gibbs back and because we had to send. So, Douglas. So, so you could, Darcy Fo- Hang on. Right. Hang on. Darcy Fogarty's a first round pick. Chase Jones yeah. is a first round pick. Jordan Gallucci is a first round pick. So our three first round picks from our last three seasons and none of them can play in their first choice position. What what does that tell you about our development? 
<laughs> stole my line, Pete. It's exactly where I was it going was, to. It was good, but you were trying to list other names as part of our failure of development that, and stating that we've been playing them out of position. Those I, other I, names were not played out of position. Well, that's so fantastic. You, you get a consolation prize. Your argument. You get a if consolation prize. Enough, that's, that's a big enough condemnation, just those three, Nicky. Because, quite frankly, uh, Chase Jones and Darcy Fogarty should have been in our team all year. You know it as well as I do. And Jordan Gallucci as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, Gallucci, definitely. So what are we arguing he about? He was but then he got that concussion. Well, and then Jones, he got dropped, the poor bugger. Well, Jones is out because of injury. Gallucci's out because of injury. Darcy's out because he, he forgot which end of the ground he had to run to. Like... It's just poor management. In the meantime, we're, we're picking blokes like Richard Douglas, who again stinks it up with his, his career average 14 disposals, you know, and had precious little impact uh, on the game. You know, Darcy Fogarty nearly wins us the game off his own boot while Tex is hobbling around and we don't have another key forward. <laughs> like, it's just poor player management. And, you know, I get back to the situation with Sauce and Riley O'Brien. Two perfectly good, perfectly fit ruckmen, and we run one into the ground, and then let the other bloke come in off the back of bugger all, and, and uh, on a massive ground like Optus, big and also hard surface, and obviously he knocks up after half time, and we get we get overrun in the ruck. It's just poor player management. It lacks any sort of intelligence and imagination and creativity. There you go. Well, you don't got to get a fight out of me. I'm on yours. Uh, All right. Anyway, look, we've been going for an hour and 13 minutes. Uh, The Spreaker chat has been interesting this evening. (laughs) Thanks to everyone (laughs) who has joined us on Spreaker. Uh, We do appreciate uh, those people joining us on Spreaker, of course. Um, Thanks also to our patrons who um, support us on Patreon. Uh, thanks a big thank you to Ryan at Smith Partners Real Estate. Uh, head up and see Ryan at Smith Partners Real Estate for all your buying, selling, and renting needs up there at Golden Grove. Uh, also, thank you to the boys down at Down to Earth Electrical for all your air conditioning, data, and electrical needs. And thank you to Scorpus on Hardware Unbox. Now, the other thing is just because we've had a win and an honourable loss, according to Nikki, doesn't mean we don't maintain the rage. <laughs> Okay, we no, don't. I didn't say it was an honourable loss. I said that's what the media will be calling yeah. it. Now, what I'm getting at is, though, we still have our petition going on uh, aflcrowcast.com. Um, it, the numbers have been really good, um, and we're going to keep it open for signatures uh, until the end of the minor round. Um, and I think at that point. We we might know whether we're having an external review, but uh, uh, it's certainly been interesting that the media's certainly picked up on it since we raised it a couple of weeks ago, Macker and Nicky. Um, yeah, just one comment on that is yep. that uh, Lee Forrest on 5AA this morning said there's a rumour going around that the Crows are going to have an external review and it will be Brian Cunningham doing it. That's right. Well, um, it's interesting because you mentioned Brian Cunningham first of all, Macker, and we yeah, we we uh, picked up on that, and then I noticed last we weekend KG was talking about Bucky Cunningham, and now you mentioned Lee Forrest was talking about Bucky Cunningham. Is the obvious choice? Um, and uh, look, whether whether we had an influence on the media, I know we got followed by a few journo's after on Twitter after that episode a couple of weeks ago. But anyway, 
aflcrowcast.com. Go to the website if you haven't already. Uh, sign the open letter. Um, send it around to your mates. There is a PDF link if you want to download a copy of the open letter and, and get some physical signatures. If you do so, you can send them back to petition at aflcrowcast.com. Um, as I said, just because we've had uh, a bit of a form turnaround over the last couple of weeks, it's still the same administration. It's not actually the players that we're railing against. It's the administration, isn't it? So uh, we've still got the same administration making the same silly errors. So get around the petition or the open letter, whatever you want to call it, and let's see if we can get that uh, number in the four figures. Maka, Nikki, I reckon that's just about done us for tonight. What do you reckon? Yep. Um, well, we... Alisa, I'm not going uh, to bed angry tonight. I'm disappointed that we didn't win, but I'm not going to bed angry and, you know, not going with the usual muckering spineless bastards or anything like that. <laughs> but, um, it's, look, they gave a good effort. They weren't quite there, unfortunately. The side incident didn't help. And, uh, look, they can only give their best, and they did that. Yep. And... Uh... Yeah, and Nikki, uh, always a pleasure. Um, I hope your what is it? Your leg. <laughs> yeah. Your leg. I hope your leg gets better. For the year. Um, back to work well, on Mondays. We, we, yeah, well, we finished. Uh, just a shout out to uh, my girls at the teams at Flinders Uni. We finished the, the year on a high, um, and one game out of finals. So that's a little bit disappointing, but it's always nice to finish off the year with a win. Yep. Um, don't forget too, uh, as uh, some of the boys on uh, Spreaker are saying, get around the other Adelaide Crows podcasts around the place. There's some really good Crows uh, podcasts around. We've got the Crowject, we've got uh, Two Crows, we've got Crows Nest podcasts. And what else have we got? There's one more, I think. Oh, we've got Sensible Crows podcast. Yep. Uh, I think. Crow. Yep. So there's tons of them around. Uh, get around them on. If you if you get on Twitter, you'll be able to find all the Crows podcasts. Um, you know, we we really do. It's, like, it's not it's not a competition as far as we're concerned. The more podcasts around, the better. And uh, I've been trying to get the Crowbar Boys back intermittently over the last twelve months, but they won't have bar of it. So uh, never mind. So get around all the Crows podcasts. Give everyone your support. Um, let's throw out our support behind the team over the next couple of weeks while we uh, uh, try and get rid of the administration. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it's a dual-purpose job. You're that's right, that's right. All right. Well, look, thanks to everyone for joining us tonight. Thanks for listening to our Rambling On. Uh, we'll see you on Tuesday night, obviously, for Tuesday Night Live. Until then, farewell. Yeah, good night, all. Good night. Thank you.